Welcome back, everyone, to the Horror Shed Podcast. I'm Jared. Today we got with us again, Brian. How you doing, sir? I'm doing good. Happy Black Friday. Happy Black Friday, as I call it, Husband Day. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe next year I'll do that because let me tell you, I just I cleaned today. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't. To... I didn't take it completely off. I did take care of the dishwasher and I did okay. take care of the laundry. I just have to put it away. So I didn't take it fully off, but okay, dude, I must have drank an entire pot of coffee and just played Call of Duty. I did nothing for the websites. I did nothing for either podcast. I just took the day for me. You deserved it. You had a you had a busy uh, Halloween season, so you deserve one day to yourself. How was your Thanksgiving? Your turkey looked really good. Oh man, the homemade rub I came up with. I really hope I can recreate because I'll need to make like a bottle of it. Mm, That could be a side project for you. I've been thinking about it for a long time, yeah. but just to get the parts, I have nowhere to put all this shit, because uh, I would okay. need, like, the giant tubs of garlic powder, the giant tubs of onion powder, and just, I, I, maybe this summer, we'll see. There you go. There you go. All right, so we are here to talk about the the urban legend, if you will, of Slenderman, and this is something different, where... It was created on the internet. Yep. Uh, sometimes urban legends are based on something, but this was entirely just created on the internet. So we're going to talk about the origins, some movies, um, of course, the the murders uh, that happened about what, 10 years ago, I think. Yep. So, um, all right. So we are going to go into Slenderman. Now, are you familiar with like the origins and everything? Very little. Yeah, I know it's like true crime meets horror meets internet gossip and stuff like that. Yep. Speaking of, we both watched the first episode of Wednesday. Did you enjoy it? I loved it. it. I loved it. Okay. I'm not at love, but I was entertained and I'm ready for more. Jenna Ortega is like today's Wednesday. Yes. Like Christina Ricci was the 90s Wednesday. Um, I'm like... An episode and a half in, I fell asleep. So yeah, we're um, only one in. We only did one. Yeah, yeah, but uh, I think Catherine Zeta Jones and Louis Guzman are perfect. Yes, like they and em- they embody, especially Louis Guzman, the old comic strip. Yep. Yeah, you know, done. I wasn't too fond of Pugsley though. Not yet, but we'll see. Yeah, uh, Lurch was cool. And yes. Thing, of course. So <laughs> thing, thing was great. So I'll probably. Get another couple episodes in tonight. Yeah, I'll probably watch a little bit tonight. And then uh, we checked out Tulsa King, which is not related to this. Great, great, isn't it? It's funny. I really like it. Yeah, I like the whole fact that he goes to the weed dispensary and <laughs> thinks like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm your protection. And he's like, from what? <laughs> that's what they do, too, though. I mean, that's for real. Well, yeah, yeah. And uh, the second episode was great. And it's, it's produced by Ty Sheridan who is of the Yellowstone franchise. Oh, okay. Because so, yeah, I know he's... it's also Terrence Winter, who was Sopranos yes. and Boardwalk Empire. Yeah, yeah. I like the... Uh, how many episodes are you in? The two? The just the two, two, just the first two, yeah. Okay. The whole fact that the woman that he met at the bar is the <laughs> ATF agent, that was a nice little twist to it. <laughs> I love how she's in the conference room. She goes, fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I think, um, you know, because he's getting to that age now where... He can play a character like this. Yep. And speaking speaking of mafia, I saw the it was an ad on YouTube. Have you happened to see the Al Pacino Dunkin' Donuts commercial? No, not yet. 
Google it. Uh, I'll have to. I'll have to watch that. Oh, it was sad. It was funny but sad at the same time. I gotcha. Yeah, I'm more yeah. of a De Niro over Pacino guy when it comes to like the okay. mob movies. But... Oh, speaking of that, I finally finished um, the offer. Oh, fantastic, wasn't it? Oh, it was great. I actually put on my Christmas list. Uh, grab a take the gun but leave the cannoli or mm-hmm. basically what the the show is based on so i so we'll see if irene gets it for me that was my wish list that she's like then you'll know what i get you i'm like well you always bitch that you don't know what to get me. i know so, i know yeah. um, All right. i yeah. did find shit i'd have to go back a few you ever hear of uh garbage gab or uh, it's a shirt company it's kind of like fright rags Gutter garbs. Yes. Yes. I really like Fright Rags, but the problem is they don't have that many sizes. Okay. A gutter grabs does. Yeah, they, they go up to 4X, I think. 5X. Maybe. 5X, okay. It's like, wow, I yeah. feel less fat now, okay. <laughs> I've been a customer of theirs probably for about um, three years now, okay. and they they are responsive. Like, I've tagged them in a couple posts, and they'll respond, and... um. They, uh, I think they're having like a Black Friday sale. They are because uh, okay. I sent her the Freddy's Dead T-shirt. It was really cool. I saw that one. Yeah. Dead. So I sent it to Terry. I <laughs> missed out on the because they do. They have the license for Friday the Thirteenth, and I missed out on their Jason Goes to Hell one. They had a really uh, cool Jason Goes to Hell, but uh, yeah, they actually had a couple cool um, Halloween three season the witch yep, ones. I saw those, yeah. and then uh, yeah. they had two Poltergeist shirts, which are really cool. One oh yeah, two. I actually I got the um I got Reverend Kane shirt. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. And Is that the one you were wearing I, the other show? I believe yeah, I okay. believe so. Yeah, cool, cool, yeah. Cool. I like about them. Their shirts are soft because you know how like when you order, you know how like say if you go to a convention and you get a shirt and they're really stiff. Yeah. I don't like shirts like that. Like the um the Halloween Honk 365, that's soft. I like it. It's like flexible. That's how gutter garbs is. I always go one size bigger though. Like, um, I get a two wax. I like it to be a little bit roomy, but it's not like um a nightgown on me. Yeah, I have yeah. to do four X because I'm really a three X. Okay, I'm five eleven, and the reason I'm five eleven is my fucking back. I have a long okay. ass back. My legs aren't long. So mm-hmm. every shirt I wear, you can see the bottom of my stomach. I'm like, it's uh, okay. not tight. What the fuck? <laughs> like, I could see if it was tight around my stomach and then lifting up, but yeah. even like baggy shirts do it. So I have to go 4X so it fits. I'm just. So, you know, um, while we're on topic like horror S stuff, so. There was a fan film that came out not too long ago. Eh, it was Metacore, not you know, nothing to talk about. Anyway, the creator, like two days before Thanksgiving, put out a post that he used like a second party to be in charge of like all the perks and stuff. Okay. Well, that person had a medical um situation back in March, so he's unable to work. So the, the 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 director of this film put out this post that's uh, you know explained how he had a medical situation he's unable to fulfill it therefore I don't have information to fill your perks so basically what he's saying is everyone that gave me money to make this film are shit out of luck and perks so I responded 
And I said, as the creator of this film, you should have the information of the perks so you can be ensured that they get fulfilled no matter what. He's like, well, a lot of fan film creators work in conjunction with second or third parties that take care of it. I said, yes, I know how it works. I was a part of a fan film and the, the, the captain of the ship, which is you, should have that information, such as if this should come arrive. Right, I said, basically, you screwed out everyone that pledged for your movie to be made. And now you're telling them they're shit out of luck. So you've already doomed yourself if you want to make another movie. And another guy chimed in and said, you could be in trouble from uh, Indiegogo because they might have to refund all these people and then they're going to come after you. Yeah. So, so moral of the story, don't fuck up like that and, yeah. and take care of your fans. You gotta, you gotta know what's coming in, what's going out. You should know yeah. that as the creator. You should know yeah. what people put up for it. I mean, it's fuck. That's fucking ridiculous. Uh, and did you get that link, guys, or for the Facebook page, Dylan's New Nightmare? I did. Yeah. Did you know about that? No. Yeah. So, um, my friend Vince DeSani, who was he's the creator of Never Hike Alone. He worked on that project. Okay. So if he's on it, it's going to be good. And the fact that they got Nico Hughes yeah. to reprise his role. Uh, I'll, I'll have to find the teaser trailer for you. Okay. Uh, because it really didn't show much, but it showed Rex with the um, Freddy's claw marks on him. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if it's like a short or feature length, but if Vince is behind it, it's going to be good. I saw the makeup still and... It's a little yeah. impressive. A little impressive. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. And it's been a while since we've had a Freddy fan film. I know there was a couple that was like, I think he was pre-Freddy uh, or pre-Nightmare Freddy. Um, I'll have to find that one because the guy that played Freddy, everyone raved at how great he was. So Very cool. All right. And yeah. you know what? I want to give a shout out to Rick Paul and he messages me on because we're friends on Facebook and he listens. And if I can't think of like if we're talking about something and it's just like I'm drawing a blank, <laughs> he'll message me and say, oh, this is what you meant to say. Oh, very so cool. shout out to Rick. He's been a listener since day one. Thank you. So, yeah, Thank you. he does. He does message me like every week or two. So I do know we have at least one active listener. <laughs> oh, no, it, it's picking up. bro. I looked earlier. Uh, the ad they have. They haven't found one for us yet, whatever that okay. means. But we qualified for it. We're getting about 30 lessons an episode. So, OK, well, as long up. as it's not like an ad for like erectile dysfunction or something like that. <laughs> Dude, if it throws a couple cents in that, I'll talk about penises all day. I don't care. It's fine. Yeah. That's that's what oh. people don't understand. I am completely for sale. Like if <laughs> if you were to pay me 120k a year to dig graves, where am I digging? I'm good. Right, right. That's me. Uh, all right. So let's get on topic of Slender Man. Slender Man. So this is this will be a good creepy pasta, our first true crime, I believe, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. So Slenderman is a fictional and I got all my information from Wikipedia. Do you want to play the video so, first before we get into this? Sure. Let's play the video. All right. It gives people the little thing and here we go. Stolen right off of YouTube. Thank you. 
News exclusive. You're going to meet a young woman with an extraordinary story of survival. She was the victim of a crime that shocked parents everywhere. Stabbed 19 times, allegedly by two of her friends, who said they were trying to impress a fictional internet character called Slenderman. Now, for the first time, the girl and her parents are going on camera, and ABC's David Muir, anchor of World News Tonight, has our report. She appears to be stabbed. She appears to be what? Stabbed. Stabbed? Correct. Waukesha, Wisconsin, just outside Milwaukee. And on a Saturday morning this past May, a horrific tale is just beginning to emerge. Is there any bleeding going on? Her clothing has got blood on it. Okay, and you found her and she was just laying there? Yeah. A birthday sleepover with three 12-year-olds the night before. And now two girls are missing. The other, Peyton Leitner, has somehow crawled out of the woods, covered in stab wounds. 19 of them. She's now being wheeled into the operating room. Having just told her mother, her friends did this to her. They had run away and, and the police hadn't found them yet. And we just knew that Peyton told us Morgan stabbed her and the police hadn't been able to find the girls. And in fact, police believe those girls were walking. Yeah. They were going to find a mansion in the woods. Oh, the mansion, yeah, the mansion in the woods. They were going to the Nicolay Forest because they believed that there was a mansion there that Slenderman lived in. Incredibly, police say those girls were now headed to find a mansion where they believed a fictitious internet character truly lived. A character named Slenderman, who police say they were hoping to impress. Outside that hospital, in that town. A major search by ground. These are the woods where the stabbing police actually. are still on the scene a here. A frantic tonight. search for the two missing, Morgan Geyser and Anissa Wire. Two 12-year-old girls stabbing their friend nearly to death is unimaginable any time, but especially for a safe community like the city of Waukesha. While back at the hospital, the surgeon, John Kellerman, is about to discover just how much damage has been done. The knife came directly down at this point where this large branch was coming off of this major artery and cut through the tissue overlying it so that the vessels were totally exposed by this injury. The knife cut through the tissue, but not the artery itself. Exactly. The knife stopped at the wall of the artery. And had it not? Had it not, she would have uh, had a major heart attack from the amount of bleeding and probably died within a minute or two. That close to death, nearly five hours after Peyton crawled out of those woods, the two other girls are found. They were right here along Interstate 94, heading out of Waukesha. A knife with a five-inch blade found in one of the girls' bags. Police Chief Russell Jack takes us back to the spot. Both suspects had blood on their clothes. The knife from the stabbing was located in the backpack that was in the possession of the two suspects. Police say they were carrying clothes, granola bars, water bottles. One of the girls carrying a picture of her mother and father and siblings. She wanted to remember what they looked like after leaving her town for that imaginary mansion in the woods. Neither girl puts up a fight. Taken into custody, they would soon be questioned. Two parents were about to ask their daughter what happened to. At first, Peyton couldn't talk, writing to communicate. Do you remember the first message she wrote? I want to go home. I want to go home. When can I go home? And has Peyton talked at all about the horror of that moment? She told me she was scared. But the first time I asked her what she remembered about what happened, she said, all I remember is the pain. How well did you know these these two other girls. It was um, Peyton's best friend. 
there was no question in your mind that they were best friends. They were, oh, they were best friends. They were best friends, friends since about fourth grade. Fourth grade is when we met Morgan for the first time. They say Peyton would talk to Morgan every night on the phone. Were there ever any red flags? They would have little arguments, but every 12-year-old girl has little arguments. Across town at the Waukesha Police Department, the two other friends at that sleepover now answering questions of their own. Ellen Gabler is a reporter at the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. She has followed this case closely. The thing that was the most surprising and shocking to me was how planned out this whole thing was. A plot they tell police that was in the works for months. You can't believe this is actually 12-year-olds, especially 12-year-old girls. They tell police they committed this crime in part out of their devotion to a character they discovered on the internet, Slenderman. A tall, faceless, mysterious figure, a fictional character who lurks in the background, sometimes peering over the shoulders of children. The story of Slenderman changing, evolving all the time, with help from fans all over the world, adding to the story online, giving this fictional character new life every day. He is uh, uh, the thing that we fear that we don't actually encounter, right? So we check, our, we check under our beds for the Slenderman, but he's, you know, not actually there. All right, so a little, little brief in look into this crazy ass story with some twelve year olds and this Slenderman. Yes, <clears throat> excuse me. All right, so uh, Slenderman is a fictional supernatural character that originated as a creepypasta internet meme created by Something Awful forum user Eric Nudson in 2009. He is depicted as a thin, unnaturally tall humanoid with a featureless head and face wearing a black suit. Stories of the Slenderman commonly feature him stalking, abducting, or traumatizing people, particularly children. The Slenderman has become a pop culture icon, although he's not confined to a single narrative, but appears in many disparate works of fiction typically composed online. Fiction relating to the Slenderman encompasses many media, including literature, art, and video series such as Marble Hornets, wherein he's known as the Operator. The character has appeared in the video game Slender the Eight Pages and its successor Slender the Arrival, as well as inspiring the Enderman in Minecraft. He has also appeared in a 2015 film adaptation of Marble Hornets, where he was portrayed by Doug Jones, an eponymous 2018 film where he was portrayed by Javier Botet. Beginning in 2014, a moral panic occurred over to Slenderman after readers of his fiction were connected to several violent acts, particularly a near-fatal stabbing of a 12-year-old girl in Waukesha, Wisconsin. The stabbing inspired a documentary, Beware the Slenderman, which was released in 2016. So the origin of the Slenderman uh, was influenced by H.P. Uh, Lovecraft. So, I mean, H.P. Lovecraft is his work's been around forever and has expired inspired a lot of uh horror movies the slender man was created on june 10th 2009 on a thread in the something awful internet forum i want to know where do people find these places to go online i've known about something awful for decades okay like ever since aol because oh, wow. it was okay. actually they they were kind of the first meme oh okay. um they would do like uh like Admiral Akbar, it's a trap in different like pictures and stuff like okay. that. And they had a lot of content on there. Okay. All right. And I remember there was this one website. Oh, gosh, like I forget the name of it. Uh, I'm, this is going back to early 2000 and you could look at like crime scene photos and. Oh, there would be... uh... 
Okay, Rick. This is where Rick would chime in. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Like, I know you're talking about. Yeah. 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 That was where I first saw like. And something awful like, had that shit too. Did they? Okay. Yeah. All right. So the Slender Man was created on June 10th, 2009, uh, again on a thread, something awful internet forum. The thread was a Photoshop contest in which users were challenged to create paranormal images. Forum poster Eric Knudsen, under the pseudonym Victor Surge, contributed two black and white images of groups of children to which he added a tall, thin, spectral figure wearing a black suit. I remember I remember that image. Although previous entries had consisted solely of photographs, Serge supplemented his submissions with snatches of text, supposedly from witnesses describing the abductions of the groups of children and giving the character the name the Slender Man. The quote under the... the quote under the first photograph read, we didn't want to go, we didn't want to kill them, but it's persistent silence and outstretched arms horrified and con- com- comforted us at the same time. One of two recovered photographs from the Sterling City Library blaze, notable for being taken a day which 14 children vanished and for what is referred to as the Slender Man, deformity cited as as film defects by officials. Fire at library occurred one week later. Actual photograph confiscated as evidence. These additions effectively transformed the photographs into a work of fiction. Subsequent posters expanded upon the character, adding their own visual or textual con- contributions. Nudson was inspired to create the Slender Man primarily by Zach Parsons, that insidious beast. Stephen King's The Myths reports of Shadow People, Mothman, and the Mad Gasser of Matum. Other inspirations for the character were the Tall Man from the 1979 film Phantasm, H.P. Lovecraft, a surrealist work of William S. Burroughs, and the survival horror video games Silent Hill and Resident Evil. Nudson's intention was to formulate something whose motivations can barely be comprehended and which cause unease and terror in a general population. Other pre-existing fictional or legendary creatures which are similar to the Slender Man include the gentleman, black-suited, pale, bald demons from Buffy the Vampire Slayer episode Hush. Did you ever watch Buffy by any chance? No. Those characters were really cool, and that was one of their highest rated episodes. Um, they were demons that would take your voice. So there was no throughout the whole movie, there was no sound whatsoever. Huh. And they had to use other forms of communication, which was either writing on paper or just like silently talking their words. And it was it was a great episode. Um Men in Black, many accounts of which grant them uncanny appearance with an unnatural walk and oriental features. And the question, a DC comic superhero with a blank face whose secret identity is Victor Sage, a name similar to Nudson's alias Victor Surge. In her book, Folklore, Horror Stories, and the Slender Man, the Development of an Internet Mythology, Professor Shira Chess of the University of Georgia connected the Slender Man to ancient folklore about fairies. Like fairies, the Slender Man is otherworldly with motives that are often difficult to grasp. Like fairies, his appearance is vague and often shifts to reflect what the viewer wants or fears to see. And like fairies, the Slender Man lives in woods and wild places and kidnaps children. I didn't know fairies kidnapped children. I'm, when I think of fairies, I think of Tinkerbell. I don't know much about fairies. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so the Slender Man soon went viral, spawning numerous works of fan art, cosplay, and online fiction known as creepypasta. Horror stories told in short snatches of easily copyable text that spread from site to site. Divorced from its original creator, the Slender Man became the subject of myriad stories by multiple authors within an overarching mythos. 
Many aspects of the Slenderman mythos first appeared on the original Something Awful thread. One of the earliest editions was added by a forum user named Thorough Up, who created a folklore story set in 16th century Germany involving a character called Dr. Grobman, which was implied to be an early reference to the Slenderman. The first video series involving the Slenderman evolved from a post on the Something Awful thread by user Cigars. It tells of a fictional film school friend named Alex Grail, who had stumbled upon something troubling while shooting his first feature-length project, Marble Hornets. The video series, published in found footage style on YouTube forums, an alternate reality game describing the filmer's fictional experience with the Slender Man. The ARG also incorporates a Twitter feed and an alternate YouTube channel created by username Tothark. As of 2013, Marble Hornets had over 250,000 subscribers around the world, and it received 55 million views. Other Slenderman-themed YouTube series follow, including Everyman Hybrid and Tribe 12. In 2012, the Slenderman was adapted into a video game titled Slender the Eight Pages. Within its first month of release, the game was downloaded over 2 million times. Damn. Yeah. Several popular variants of the game filed, including Slenderman Shadow and Slenderman for iOS, which became the second most popular app that download. The sequel to Slender, the eight pages Slender the Arrival, was released in 2013. Several independent films about the Slenderman have been released or are in development, including Entity and the Slenderman, released free online after a $10,000 Kickstarter campaign. In 2013, it was announced that Marble Horns would become a feature film. Because the Slenderman's fictional mythology has evolved without an official canon for reference, his appearance, motives, habits, and abilities are not fixed, but change depending on the storyteller. He is most commonly described as very tall and thin with unnaturally long tentacle-like arms or mere tentacles, which he can extend to intimidate or capture prey. In most stories, his face is white and featureless, but occasionally his face appears differently to anyone who sees it. He appears to be wearing a dark suit and tie. The Slenderman is often associated with the forest and or abandoned location and has the ability to teleport. Proximity to the Slenderman is often said to trigger a slender sickness, a rapid onset of paranoia, nightmares, and delusions accompanied by by nosebleeds. Early stories featured him targeting children or young adults. Some featured young adults driven insane or to act on his behalf, while others did not, and others claimed that investigating Slenderman would draw his attention. The web series Marble Hornets established the idea of proxies, humans who fall under the Slenderman's influence. Though initially they were simply violently insane rather than puppets of the Slenderman, Marble Hornets also introduced the idea that the Slenderman could interfere with video and audio recordings, as well as the Slenderman symbol, which is a circle with uh, an X in the middle, but kind of goes outside of the circle. Yeah, it's like which the X-Men. <clears throat> yeah, pretty much, yeah. Which became a common trope of Slender fiction. Graphic violence and body horror are uncommon in the Slenderman mythos, with many narratives choosing to leave the fate of his victims obscure. Shira Chess notes that it is important to note that the few of the retellings identify exactly what kind of monster the Slenderman might be and what his specific intentions are. These points all remain mysteriously and usually vague. Media scholar and folklorist Andrew Peck attributes the success of the Slenderman to its highly collaborative nature. Because the character and its motives are shrouded in mystery, users can easily adapt existing 
Slenderman tropes and imagery to create new stories. This ability for users to tap into the ideas of others while also supplying their own helped inspire the collaborative culture that arose surrounding the Slenderman. Instead of privileging the choices of certain creators as mechanical, this collaborative culture informally locates ownership of the creature across the community. In these respects, the Slenderman is similar to campfire stories or urban legends, and the character's success comes from enabling both social interaction and personal acts of creative expression. Although nearly all users understand that the Slenderman is not real, they suspend that disbelief in order to become more engrossed when telling or listening to stories. This adds a sense of authenticity to Slenderman legend performances and blurs the lines between legend and reality, keeping the creature as an object of legend dialect. This ambiguity has led some to some confusion over the character's origins and purpose. Only five months after his creation, George Norrie's Coast to Coast AM, a radio call-in show devoted to the paranormal and conspiracy theories, began receiving callers asking about the Slender Man. Two years later, an article in the Minneapolis Star Tribune described his origins as difficult to pinpoint. Eric Knudsen has commented that many people, despite understanding that the Slender Man was created on the Something Awful forum, still entertain the possibility that he might be real. And, you know, I've seen, like, some movies where something's created online and the paranoia brings it to, like, reality. Well, I mean, it's not just online. Look at the Satanic Panic. Yeah. That's coming back. Like... A certain person believes something, and then it. Look at the Salem witch trials. This has yeah. happened all of our life, and then this just an internet that took off. It's crazy. And one could say it's happening right now in our government. Hey, you can. Yeah. I mean, yeah. everything, everything repeats itself. It really, really yeah. does. And yeah. this is the same thing with the Salem witch trial. One dude yelled "witch." We killed fourteen people on a cross because of religion. Then it happened with the satanic panic of the 80s. And what's happening now? I'm seeing so much hate towards like Catholicism and, oh, it's Satan again. Satan's back. What the fuck are you talking about? So, I mean, I think some people just believe shit too much and it gets to their head. And now with social media. You know, speaking of satanic panic, uh, I'm a part of a couple of Annuville groups on Facebook. And they had... People are getting into arguments like the admin had to say, if you believe that this was a hoax, then I'm immediately going to kick you out. And I'm like, well, these this is what these groups are for to right. form opinions and have conversations. But someone brought brought up that, oh, it was part of this, this satanic panic. And I'm like, I didn't post, but I'm like. That did it wasn't that was too early for that. It was. It was, you know, way too early. Because either either so. it was. The DeFeos who were starting it, or the Lutz after, it still wasn't 85, 86 when all this right. shit was breaking down. Yeah. Um, all right. So getting back to Slenderman, Shira Chess describes <laughs> Slenderman as a metaphor for helplessness, power, differentials, and anonymous forces. Peck sees parallel between a Slenderman and common anxieties about the digital age, such as feelings of constant connectedness and unknown third-party observations similarly ty van horn a writer for the elm has suggested that that the slender man represents modern fear of the unknown in an age flooded with information people excuse me people have become so unaccustomed to ignorance that they are now fear what they cannot understand 
Troy Wagner, the creator of Marble Hornets, ascribes the terror of the Slender Man to its male ability. People can shape it into whatever frightens them most. Tina Marie Boyer noted, excuse me, that the Slender Man is a prohibitive monster, but the cultural boundaries he guards are not clear. Victims do not know when they have violated or crossed them. And all right, now we're going to get into the stabbing. On May 31st, 2014, two 12-year-old girls in Waukesha, Wisconsin, held down and stabbed a 12-year-old classmate 19 times. When questioned later by authorities, they reportedly claimed that they wished to commit a murder as a first step to becoming proxies for the Slenderman, having read about it online. They also stated that they were afraid that the Slenderman would kill their families if they did not commit the murder. After the perpetrators left the scene, the victim crawled out of the woods to a roadway a passing cyclist alerted authorities and the victim survived the attack that's a miracle in itself being stabbed 19 times being stabbed 19 times crawling out being in a place in a barren ass milwaukee where someone yeah. finds you like yeah. there's a really good chance she could have crawled for 10 years and not reached a road you know yeah. what i mean like those are crazy late it's, it's remarkable yeah. she was found yeah. yep both attackers uh, have been diagnosed with mental illness, but have also been charged as adults and are each facing up to 65 years in prison. One of the girls reportedly said Slenderman watches her, can read minds, and could teleport. Experts have testified in court that she also said she conversed with Lord Voldemort and one of the Teenage Mutant Tur Ninja Turtles. And I can see Lord right Voldemort. There. Right yeah. there. Why is she on the fucking internet? Yeah. Like, I have two children. One... I let watch whatever he wants because I know he's grounded in reality. Mm -hmm. The other one, I don't think he's ready. This chick is not ready for the internet. This chick does not need a phone. This chick mm -hmm. does not need to watch anything over a and Disney movie. That's the problem with the majority of parenting today. Mm -hmm. They let digital devices babysit their kids because they aren't one, probably, you know, aren't concerned or two, they just cave in you know like when i when i go out like to dinner or something i want to enjoy i when i i, I want to enjoy my meal like you converse with who you're out with you know and i see families with young kids they have their tablets and i'm like no this is family know. time you know like set some guidelines there's no reason a four-year-old should be having a better iPhone than <laughs> half the people out there. I know. Like, I, I just, I don't get it. And it's a shame because, you know, you and I, we grew up in a different age. We got home from school. We were out until the streetlights came on. Yep. You know, and then came home and maybe did or did not do our homework. <laughs> so, and the Usually kids not. today... The kids today don't know what that is. God forbid if we ever got hit with an EMP, these this generation would not know what how to survive without a phone. How am I going to get over here? We'll get the map. What the fuck's a map? You know <laughs> what's a what's a road atlas? What's a compass? I know. You know Man, I need Google. Crazy. I need Google Maps. So I'm glad we grew up in. We were the last like the last generation to grow up in that atmosphere. Yep. You know. Um, all right, so I can see Lord Voldemort maybe poison her mind, but not Raphael. Come on. <laughs> I mean, what was she forced to eat pizza in the sewer? Like, I don't understand. Yeah. Or maybe the mecha turtle, maybe wasn't like the mecha turtle bad or something? Yes, I think it yeah. was. <laughs> On August 1st, 2014, she was found incompetent to stand trial and her prosecution was suspended until her condition approved. On November 12th, 
2014, a doctor judged that her condition had improved enough for her to stand trial, and on December 19, 2014, the judge ruled that both girls were competent to stand trial. In August 2015, the presiding judge ruled that the girls would be tried as adults. They were tried separately. On August 21, 2017, one of the girls, now 15, pleaded guilty to being a party to attempted second-degree homicide, but claimed she was not responsible for actions on grounds of insanity. Although prosecutors alleged that she knew what she was doing was wrong, the jury determined that she was mentally ill during the attack. She will spend at least three years in a mental hospital. Now, they're calling it second-degree. Wouldn't it be first-degree because it was premeditated? You would think, yeah. Or they took it easy because she's a kid. Probably took it easy, or I said, if you pleaded guilty, we'll give you this. Yeah. On December 21st, um, Wakosha County Circuit Judge Michael Boren sentenced Weir, then 16 years old, to be hospitalized for 25 years from the date of the crime, which would keep her institutionalized until the age of 37. In a statement to the media on June 14, 2014, Eric Nutzen said, I am deeply saddened by the tragedy in Wisconsin, and my heart goes out to the families of those affected by the terrible act. He stated he would not be giving interviews on the matter. On September 25th, 2017, it was reported that Morgan Geyser, then 15, had agreed to plead guilty to attempting to commit first-degree homicide in an arraignment that would allow her to avoid jail time. On February 1st, 2018, the Associated Press reported that Geyser had been sentenced to 40 years in the Wisconsin Mental Hospital, the maximum sentence allowed. You know, and I'm surprised, and it would it would probably happen maybe in today's gen- today's society that, like, say the victim's family or even the family of those that committed the act would go after Nudson for creating this character. You, you bring because I right, mean, yeah. He he never he they even said that Slenderman has no purpose, no bearing. It's a character they drew yeah. in Photoshop. Everyone yeah. else put this fucking weird backstory or backstories to this weird looking dude. Nudson yeah. was having fun on his website. Hey, let's make a creepy Photoshop. I mean, I don't blame this dude in the fucking least. No, no, he's not. He's not the, he's not. It's like, you know, I hate how people blame the gun makers for someone shooting someone and killing someone. Yeah. Like if, if you're, are you on Twitter? No, I don't, I don't twat. I, I, I do it for the websites, but Mm -hmm. once in a while you'll find that like, I'm not left side. I'm not right side. I'm me side. Like, there's some mm-hmm. things on both sides about. I don't need an animal or a color to tell you what I think. But, like, everyone is like, ban the AR-15. That's not going to stop. It's not going to stop anything. Like, I'm all for controlling this shit so it doesn't happen in schools. But the realistic thing of it, if you know what an AR-15 is, it's really not the best gun for what these people are doing. Right. So it's kind of yeah. like, I kind of wanted them to keep with that because it's a big fucking gun. We'll talk yeah. off air about how that could be so much worse because I don't want to put that on the website. But yeah, like, yeah. it's just people got that picture of that image just like here, and it's the devil. Yeah. 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 Exactly. All right. So, moral panic and other incidents. 
The stabbing in Wakosha spawned a nationwide moral panic over Slender Man across the United States. Parents across the nation became worried about the potential dangers that stories about Slender Man might pose to their children's safety. Russell Jack, the police chief of Wakosha, warned that the Slender Man stabbing should be a wake-up call for all parents that the internet is full of dark and wicked things, a warning which numerous media outlets publicized. After hearing a story, an unidentified woman from Cincinnati, Ohio, told a WLWT TV reporter in June 2014 that her 13-year-old daughter had attacked her with a knife and had written macabre fiction, some involving the Slender Man, who the mother said motivated the attack. The Slender Oh, the mom said the Slender Man motivated the attack. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. On September 4th, 2014, a 14-year-old girl in Port Richley, Florida, allegedly set her family's house on fire while her mother and nine-year-old brother were inside. Police reported that the teenager had been reading online stories about Slenderman as well as Atushi's Okubo's Maga Soul Eater. Eddie Daniels of the of the Pasco County Sheriff's Office said the girl had visited a website that contains a lot of the Slenderman information and stories. It would be safe to say there is a connection to that. During an early 2015 epidemic of suicide attempts by young people ages 12 to 24 on the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation, Slenderman was was cited as an influence. The Aglala Sioux Tribe president noted that many Native Americans traditionally believe in a suicide spirit similar to the Slenderman. Other Sioux described the big man as a messenger or sign, sign warning that society is developing into a dangerous direction. A documentary film on the incident called Beware the Slender Man, directed by Irene Taylor Brodsky, was released by HBO Films in March of 2016 and was broadcast the following year. After the Wakosha stabbing, the Wakosha stabbing and the negative media attention is generated irreversibly, altered the Slender Man legend and the online community surrounding it. What had previously just been a creepy horror meme to most people suddenly acquired a new level of reality that most fans of Slender Man found horrifying. Meanwhile, by around the same time, the Slenderman character had lost much of its his original popularity. Most of the original blogs that had once been devoted to Slenderman either shut down completely or became less popular. Slenderman's presence in mainstream popular culture also contributed to a decline in how frightening he seemed to many people. In the late 2010s, also saw an increase in benevolent portrayals of Slenderman, with many depictions of him from his period portraying him as an anti-hero who protects victimized children from bullies, although often by violent means. In some portrayals of Slenderman from the late 2010s, he has a daughter named Skinny Sally, who is portrayed as a young girl covered in cuts and bruises. Slenderman sometimes is portrayed carrying Skinny Sally on his shoulders protectively. Lynn McNeil, assistant professor of folklore at Utah State University, observes that the increase in benevolent portrayals of Slenderman seems to have begun shortly after the stabbing in Makosha, and states that his trend towards a benevolent Slenderman may be a reaction by fans of the character to the violence of the stabbing. Despite the decline in popular interest in Slenderman, commercial adaptions of the character continued. In 2015, the film adaptation of Marble Hornets titled Always Watching a Marble Hornet Story was released on video on demand where the character was portrayed by Doug Jones. In 2016, Slender, a Sony Picture subsidiary Screen Gems partnered with Mythology Entertainment to bring a Slenderman film into theaters with the title character portrayed by Javier Botet. The film generated considerably contra- controversy soon after it was announced, with many accusing the filmmakers of trying to capitalize off the Wakosha stabbing. Bill Wire, the father of Anissa Wire, stated, It's absurd that they want to make a movie like this. All we're doing is extending the pain all three of these families 
have gone through. The Progressive Advocacy Group Care2 created an online petition which received over 19,000 signatures demanding that the film not be released, labeling the film crass commercialism at its worst and a naked cash grab built on the exploitation of a deeply traumatic event and the people who lived it. Sony representatives insisted the film was based on a fictional character that had become popular online and not on the Wakosha stabbing. And and uh, I'm sorry, weren't there like six World Trade Center movies after 9-11? I know, and not to... But yet, Wakosha is this big ordeal with 19,000 right. signatures. Are you fucking right. kidding me? Yeah. It was, yeah, speaking of like that, you know, like the World Trade Center, like, it wasn't, mate, it was, uh, gosh, when did that come out? Like the one with Nicolas Cage, maybe 10 years after it yeah. happened? And I felt that was too soon, you know? Well, I, I like true crime and that stuff, so I was excited to see it finally come out, but, you know, I like history, so it's a historic yeah, movie. Yeah. I don't see it as cashing in on people, I see it no. as history history and just showing a different uh, perspective of what the first responders and the victims went through. Right. Cause you can um, label everything that we watch as mm-hmm. a cash grab for something horrific. Yeah. Like Titanic, uh, Marvel, they destroyed New York. We can't watch it. Uh, this, that, the other, you know, it's just, it's, it's people are ridiculous sometimes. Yeah. Um, Upon its release in August 2018, the film Slender Man, despite being declared a box office bomb and receiving both little marketing and overwhelmingly negative reviews from critics, went on to grow several times its $10 million budget worldwide. That's because of popularity. Yeah. It, may be, it may be bombed by the critics, but the people who are familiar with the name, that's why it made so much money. I heard of the movie, but I never saw it. Um, your favorite series has been bombed by critics and created billions of dollars. Billions of dollars. My favorite yeah. series has been destroyed by critics and created an entire production company. So, yeah. I mean, you got that right. Fuck the critics. And, yep. Yeah. I don't go by whatever critics say. Me neither. Um, yep. Um, David Elric of IndieWire gave the film a D, writing a tasteless and inedibly undercooked serving of the internet's stalest creepypasta slender man aspires to be for the youtube era what the ring was to the late last gasp of the vhs generation but there's one fundamental difference that sets the two movies apart the ring is good and slender man is no it wasn't the ring was fucking terrible yeah (laughs) i mean it had i mean i'd be i'm i never saw the japanese one but i'm sure that was like japanese horror is kind of creepy it is to an extent, then it's just I, the one part of the ring I didn't like was when the horse went over the side of the ferry and then under, and you just see blood on the other side. Uh, the animal, they I don't got kill you. the horse, yeah. Um, but there's one fundamental difference that sets the two movies apart. I guess I read that Ring is Good, Slender Man is Terrible, Writing for the Verge, Carly Velosi called the Slender Man movie a nail in the coffin of a dying fandom. All right, some folklore qualities. Several scholars have argued that despite being a fictional work with an identifiable origin point, the Slender Man represents a form of digital folklore. Shira Chess argues that the Slender Man exemplifies the similarities between traditional folklore and the open source ethos of the internet, and that unlike those of traditional monsters such as vampires and werewolves, the fact that the Slender Man mythos can be tracked and signposted offers a powerful insight into how myth and folklore form. Chess identifies three aspects of the Slender Man mythos that tie to folklore, collectively meaning that it's created by a collective rather than a single individual. 
variability, meaning that the story changes depending on the teller, and performance, meaning that the storyteller's narrative changes to reflect the audience response. Andrew Peck also considers the Slender Man to be an authentic form of folklore and notes its similarity to emergent forms of offline legend performance. Peck suggests that digital folklore performance extends the dynamics of face-to-face performance in several notable ways, such as by occurring asynchronously, if I pronounce that right. Perfect. (laughs) Encouraging (laughs) imitation and personalization while also allowing perfect replication, combining elements of oral, written, and visual communication, and generating shared experience expectations for performances that enact group identity despite the lack of a physical present group. He concludes that the Slender Man represents a digital legend cycle that combines the genetic conventions and emergent qualities of oral and visual performance with the collaborative potential of network communication. Jeff Tolbert also accepts the Slender Man as folklore and suggests it represents a process he calls reverse ostentation. Ostentation, ostentation, if I'm pronouncing that right, in folklore is the process of acting out a folk narrative. According to Tolbert, the Slender Man does the opposite by creating a set of folklore-like narratives where none existed before. It is as an iconic figure produced through a collective effort and deliberately modeled after an existing and familiar folklore genre. According to Tolbert, this represents two processes in one. It involves the creation of new objects and new disconnected examples of experience, and involves the combination of these elements into a body of traditional narratives modeled on existing folklore, but not wholly indebted to any specific tradition. Professor Thomas Pettit of the University of Southern Denmark has described the Slenderman as being an exemplar of the modern age's closing of the Gutenberg parenthesis. The time period from the invention of the printing press to the spread of the web in which stories and information were codified in discrete media to a return to the older, more primal forms of storytelling, exemplified by oral tradition and campfire tales in which the same story can be retold, reinterpreted, and recast by different tellers, allowing lore to expand and evolve with time. Despite his folkloric qualities, the Slender Man is not in the public domain. Several for-profit ventures involving the Slender Man have unequivocally acknowledged Nudson as the creator of this fictional character, while others were civilly blocked from distribution, including the Kickstarter-funded film, after legal complaints from Nudson and other sources. The Nudson himself has given his personal blessing to a number of Slender Man-related projects. The issue is complicated by the fact that, while he is the character's creator, a third party holds the option to any abdomen adaptations into other media, including film and television. The identity of this option holder has not yet been made public. Nutson himself has argued that his enforcement of copyright has less to do with money than with artistic integrity. I just want something amazing to come off it, something that's scary and disturbing and kind of different. I would hate for something to come out just because kind of conventional. In May 2016, the media rights of Slenderman were sold to production company Mythology Entertainment, but the company split up in 2019, leaving the ownership of the character's rights in question. Sounds so, familiar. <laughs> yeah, so I just wonder, like, so Nutson made some money off this, obviously, then if he sold the rights. Yeah, you know? I mean, it, that was a hugely popular website because there wasn't a lot of them around back then. Mm-hmm. So he was making a pretty chunk at the start of that because i know they read ads and stuff on there i mean it's been decades since i've been on there but i mean if he made the picture he i'm no doubt he owns it yeah exactly 
All right. So that was the Slender Man. I remember, I think it was on the TV show Fringe, maybe, that there was a character like um inspired by the Slender Man. And it had it had to have come, was it I'm not sure if it was fringe, but I remember the the similarities with the stabbing. She it was like two girls, and I forget, like they were like somewhere like in the woods, but like in a building, and they saw this image of something that looked like the slender man and when the girl looked at it she just snapped and took like a knife and started stabbing her friend huh. so yeah um i have seen the um the i think it's on hbo max the slender man documentary but i have yet to watch it but i think uh, that would be good to watch but um yeah, I mean, these girls definitely have, I mean, at least for the one girl. There's definitely underlying issues, and yeah. then she was able to talk her friend into helping. So you think, you know, they're, I mean, they're not going, the one girl's not going to be released until her late 50s. You know, Pretty sure one doing... girl's out. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, shit. Okay. I, I, don't quote me on that, but while we were okay. looking that up, I want to believe I read that the one with the second is out. Okay. But the other one's not. I know. You that. know, like, and obviously, I would think that when you commit a crime like that, you would want to change your name, you know, yeah. move somewhere. Like, look at a, look at freaking Casey Anthony. She's going back on TV. Yeah. The How? truth will Why? be told. No, it won't. What truth? You killed your kid. Yeah. You're, you're not telling shit. But she can't. But and, and and unfortunately, because she was found not guilty, she could tell whatever she wants and not get and, in trouble and for it. Now she can get paid, and she can get paid yep. to do it. I'm fucking believable. Yeah, unbelievable. I don't. Yep. Oh, look at that! Oh, there she is. Oh, there's the wife. Hi. Ah, look, you're a uh, guest star on the horror show. <laughs> she has done her black Christmas shopping. She's done her black 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 Friday shopping. It wasn't as big black as Friday. uh we've had in the past because you know the kids are getting older yeah. and they're not asking for a whole lot and they didn't really I know I was on Best Buy and I usually get my movies, you know, but there was I mean there was nothing. nothing. The only thing I got was um I had a ten dollar um rewards so i got shawshank and a green mile on 4k and it cost me nine dollars and 98 that's a good deal i yeah. um mm-hmm. i need a uh hard drive okay because i filled my external with two terabytes in a year damn so i'm looking at like the 10 terabyte ones because i don't like keeping anything on the computer because it slows it mm-hmm. down yeah so i do everything external and you know i don't like I shoot all the stuff, make all these videos. I don't want to delete anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have everything from when we started the Haunts YouTube. Mm. But uh, I'm waiting for Amazon. Because Amazon usually helps me out on Cyber Monday. So we'll see. Okay. But I mean, like, I'm big on TVs. The one good thing I saw was they had a, not a cheapy, but not a great 75-inch TV for $4.99. Which means my 85-inch, which I really want might be affordable next black friday yeah so i'm hoping i'm hoping because that'll be perfect for the screening room right there there you go there you go that's all i've won my dad has an 85 inch the fucker but i know he's listening <laughs> and it's amazing he got such a good deal off this dude and it's so big it's so awesome and i'll go over there for whatever and i'll watch like the haunts podcast on it. i'm like wow 
It looks good <laughs> on this big. I'm killing it. <laughs> right, right. That's awesome. So I'll be seeing you in two weeks. Yep. You'll be in this area. So I got your print ready for you. Oh, uh, I'm excited. Yeah, actually, here, let me go get it real quick. I'll be right All back. All right, cool. Yeah, I saw this print on Facebook, and then um, I sent it right over to Brian. I'm like, yeah, I, I'm sending you money. Find this for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. From the famous picture they took here, after me, uh, three. Here, let me blur it. Hold on. You're going to uh, see all your bras in the background. <laughs> uh, let me just make sure. No, there's no bras, huh? So, there you go. Yeah, it looks awesome. I can't wait. Yeah, it, it like from this distance, it looks like a photograph. Yeah, it um, does. Yeah, it was made by, oh gosh, uh, Byron Winton. Byron His Winton, stuff, that was the name, yeah. yeah. Yeah, his stuff is incredible. Eleven by seventeen, only twenty bucks. They can't so. beat it. What I was nah. expecting you to tell me, like sixty. I really, really was. That's what I thought it was going to be. Yeah, and I was yeah. ready for it because I want it right up next to that one. There you go. Yeah. You go. So you know, I was looking. There. I was looking. Yeah, you'll be up there. So probably what time does the event start? What event? The event that you're going to. I'm coming up to yours like next weekend. The huh? third. I thought you weren't. No, we are. But I thought she had plans. No, they already planned it, bro. We have nothing oh, to do with this. Oh, when you said they, I thought Terry planned something. No, okay. no, I meant the women. Oh, okay. So we're actually going to have a small entourage. Just my friend, my old, my old friend, uh, Jim and Gracie, who I've known since I was sixteen. Jim was my first, like my my second job at Sam Goody. He was my manager. So they're going to come up too. Okay, I I got it totally confused. Yeah, okay. she she did everything. I'm like, listen, I, I don't see. Irene didn't even shit. tell me that. So I'm pretty sure they scheduled it because I asked her. I'm like, are we? What are we doing the third? And she's like, we're going up there. Like, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> More of the merrier. Yeah. Um, it's right by. I mean, we can plan to maybe go to like. The matchstick in it's right adjacent to it. It's a really nice. It's like a cigar bar. Oh, before old... I do what I want to do for this trip, are your friends religious? No. Okay, good. Because I'm wearing <laughs> I'm wearing my cross to this Christmas thing. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. No. Um, All right, good. I don't want to nah, offend you're, friends, you're but strangers, no, I don't give no, a shit. No, no, no. Great, Gracie's into witchcraft and stuff. Oh, perfect. So. She'll love it. Yeah, yeah, like the more on the Wiccan side. I don't know, like not like the speaking of witchcraft, there's a movie call coming out called Gale. Um, it's like a horror take on the Wizard of Oz, and Dorothy's like in a men mental institution. Huh. She's and her granddaughter comes to visit her. And I saw this trailer last night. I don't know if it's gonna be like video on demand. I it has to be video on demand. But uh, it's creepy. I'll send you the trailer. Yeah, send me the trailer. I gotta check that. I out. I hate the Wizard of Oz, but I'll watch this. Awesome. Yeah. All right. All right, guys. This has been the Horror Shop Podcast. Brian, thank you so much for all the research. Yes. We're gonna figure out what our next episode is gonna be. We might have to do horror. We might do more true crime. We'll figure it out. We got a couple ideas brewing. Mm -hmm. but uh this has been the horror shed podcast thanks for hanging out with us uh we will see you next week Halloween